Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Good morning and welcome to the show. We're so glad you're hanging out with us on the morning beat. <sighs> it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. If you woke up feeling like me, uh, you're like, ah, it's Tuesday. No, I will say this. I, I, I genuinely, I think I like, mm, I think I like Tuesdays a little bit more than Thursdays. Just a hair. What? Thursdays are weird. I'm like, we're so Tuesdays close. Tuesdays are a nothing day. Yeah, they're, they're. Tuesdays, if we had a 40 work week, I'd be like, I'll work Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, fr- forget Tuesday. Tuesdays are sort of like. Mid January to mid February, like no man's Pointless. land. Nothing's happening. The holidays are over. Okay, Everybody's first of depressed. all, I'd like to rebuke that. My birthday's in January, and then Emil's birthday is at the end of January. Yeah, I know. The two most important people in your life's birthdays are between January well, and February. Yours is January fourteenth. Yeah. And I said mid, which means January fifteenth. So. Then you just your man. I know I did absolutely just my <laughs> husband, but I wanted you to know that I think your birthday is iconic, and then Go after that, off, it falls baby. apart. It goes off the rails. Listen, I know people have always tried to persuade us, like tequila and taco Tuesday. There's not enough tequila and tacos to make me want to dive into Tuesday. Well, and I love tequila and tacos, so Same. I still don't like Tuesdays that much. That's my point. This Thursday, though, we're doing something kind of cool. Got a double date. Our Very producer pleased. Vanessa uh, got us hooked up. Uh, we're going to go see Moulin Rouge or the Pantages on Thursday night. Cannot wait. Love to see it. Lisa's birthday is tomorrow. My birthday is tomorrow. So we figured we would have a little time with our loved ones for our actual birthday. And the day after, we're going to do a birthday double date extravaganza. And we love to see and you've it. And also, this is, I did not know this till this morning, you've never even seen Moulin Rouge the movie. Never. You have no idea what it's about. Not a clue. That's wild to me. I'm so excited, but you know what's so interesting? On my album, which you've heard, I wrote a song called Lucky for Lisa, and when I was looking at how we wanted to map out the music video, in what I was uh, typing into a Google search, it looks just like Moulin Rouge. Of course. And I was like, oh my God, this is so romantic. And then when we went to your wedding, it was all Moulin Rouge. And I was like, oh my God, this is such my vibe. What's the story about? Still haven't seen it. Our wedding did not necessarily have a theme, but it turned into a Moulin Rouge sort of theme. It was crazy. Uh, and and that vlog is coming to YouTube soon. My husband is working feverishly on it. It's like a full-length feature film at this point. Um, but yeah, Moulin Rouge is going to be fun Thursday night. Incredible. And then I actually believe we're bringing some of the cast onto our show at some point to talk to them uh, about the show. Hopefully it's good because that's going to get real awkward if it's not. Yeah, it is. I've heard great things, though, so I'm super, super excited. Yeah, and you know, the Pantages Theater <clears throat> is beautiful. I love it. And I've, I've never seen a show there. Wait, what? I've never seen a you show at Pantages. You performed there. 
Did no. you perform there? Never. I thought, oh, I thought you did a pre-record or something there for the Hollywood uh, Christmas Parade one year. That no. wasn't there. It was, out, it was out on the street on the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Oh, wow. It's, it's, a, it's a cool venue. Yeah. It's a cool venue. We don't have a lot of them in Los Angeles, so it's nice to have a little theater space. I know. Do you know, really quickly before we get into the news on the beat, do you know that years and years and years ago, the Oscars were held at the Pantages? No. Like 70 years ago. Really? Yeah, I'll Google it. I'll show you some pictures. Uh, but we have a great show coming up for you. I think we should get right to news on the beat. Do though. it, baby. All right, 16 Democrats and one Republican senator have introduced the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill that would enshrine same-sex marriage rights into law. <clears throat> the bill could get a House vote as early as this week, but it's unclear if it will attract the 10 Republican votes needed to pass through the Senate. The bill was created in response to conservative Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas' stated wish to overturn Obergefell versus Hodges, the 2015 court decision that legalized marriage equality nationwide. That's wild. If Republicans can't get on board with defending, I like abortion, you have religious beliefs, whatever. I guess they kind of do about this too. But by and large, the majority of the country also supports this. So how can we let Supreme Court justices just take away women's rights queer rights like all these things like when people support it doesn't make any sense to me yeah it's really interesting uh i want to do another news story but i think this is important the single that i'm releasing the first single off the album was not originally supposed to be the single but with roe v wade overturning it's a really big female empowerment song and it was written for sexual abuse survivors but now it's like keep your hands off altogether yeah all women And it was interesting, the response I got yesterday, while so many people were so pumped, I got a few comments that were like, not understanding why Roe v. Wade shouldn't have been overturned. Yeah. And I really wasn't expecting that. It kind of got me in my feelings, because I was like... A lot of women don't support the right... Yep. They really don't. And it was really interesting to see the lack of support from some women. But, you know, we do what we can. All right. One final news story, the University of Pennsylvania has nominated transgender swimmer Leah Thomas for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Thomas shot to fame earlier this year when she became the first transgender NCAA champion in Division I history after winning the women's 500-yard freestyle in March. And she had hoped to compete for a place at the Olympics until swimming's world governing body FINA voted last month to restrict the participation of transgender athletes in elite women's competitions. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 114 in Palm Springs. Oh, my God. 110 in Vegas. Are we there now? 87 in L.A. 99 in Houston. 65 in San Francisco. Always. 79 in Buffalo. 114 in Cathedral City. And 109 in Dallas. Honey, she's hot. I think it was 102 yesterday in the U.K., which is the hottest temperature ever recorded on record in the United Kingdom. Really? Yeah, the world's changing, people. Uh, Here's a vibe for you. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. Gotta try. You gotta try. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. This is really a fascinating conversation, uh, and the internet is going wild over this one. There's a video that has gone viral. Uh, of an employee who works at a fast food restaurant, right? Smoothie King, actually, and reveals in the video that he's kind of got big hair. He's kind of got like, uh, yeah, kind of a fro, kind of like hangs over his ears a little bit. Um, And then he has to wear a headset because he takes orders, right? Well, under the headset, though, he has like earbuds in, like little earpieces. And he's like, he gets busted by his boss 
because he's listening to music while he's at work. Oh, my God. And it's against their company policy. But this guy's like, it makes me a better employee. I like listening to music, so I'm going to listen to my music. And I hide him under my big headset. Um, and the Internet's kind of divided on this one. They look. Some people look at him and they're like, listen, if it makes you a better employee, go for it. The other, the other part of the Internet's like, well, if it's their policy, you can't do it. Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I will say that whenever I need to, like, be in a vibe or feel, like, in a mood, I turn music on. And I love it. It changes everything. And if he's not expected to listen to orders, if he's just making the smoothies, I don't see that it's a problem. Because here's the thing. We're very close to an era where we're going to be having, like, literally, like, chips implanted in our ears to listen to music all day if we want to. Do you know what I mean? Like, our, our phones are going to be in our hands, like, literally implanted under our skin. There's going to be holograms coming out of our arms that show, like, like all these totally. things are not that crazy anymore. They're, we're actually pretty close to many of them. We already have sunglasses and eyeglasses that are full, like, video, like, video, like those Ray-Bans that you can watch, get on Facebook. Insane, insane, It's bonkers. Insane. Right. And so all these things that we used to think were so ridiculous and unacceptable, uh, it's changing. Now, I understand maybe the the employer wants him to be able to hear orders properly and take orders and things like that through his headset. Sure. So if this is not hampering that, I don't see the issue. I remember one time, though, years ago, I think when AirPods were first coming out and I was driving somewhere, I was like, I'm going to listen to music. I remember Emil or somebody in the car was like, you can't have AirPods in while you're driving. I'm like, why not? I can still see everything. They're like, well, you need to be able to hear if somebody honks at you or like there's something happening oh, around yeah. you. And I was like, oh, got it. Lisa's got the it. same so that's way. A, that's a different conversation. Lisa loves the AirPods. But my favorite is when you're blasting music and this has happened to me. I've pulled over because I heard an ambulance. Only to find that it's in the song. In the song. It has nothing, has nothing to, do to do with, with the with people you. on the road. Nope, not at and all. And it was a very awkward transition from the side of the road back onto the road. I was like, girl, grow up. Well, I, I got to say, I think that first and foremost, you're working at Smoothie King, right? No tea, no shade. It's probably not most people's like be all end all. It's not like the 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 pinnacle, right? It's not like that 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 the peak of the mountain that you finally climbed and you've made it in life. You're working at Smoothie King, right? And this is a young person. A lot of young people work in these establishments, and that's fine. I think that gone are the days where employers are allowed to be so rigid and expect so much for so little. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying this is a big <clears throat> big deal. Like, could you take the AirPods out? Sure. The world's scary. There's a lot of crap going on right now. It's not that much fun just to exist. And on top of that, you're making smoothies for a living. Give the guy something. And if it means he has it, maybe he puts an AirPod in one of his ears and not in the other. And you can still listen to it that way. I don't know. But, like, this feels like it feels like it feels silly to me. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that should not be an issue. If he doesn't have to take the orders. Let him listen to the music. If it puts him in a better mood, it puts your employers in a better mood as well. Yeah, puts the guests in a better mood as well. Minimum wage, anyways. Standing know, on his feet alone. for hours. Calm down, yeah. Smoothie King. You need to calm down. Where is Smoothie King go? It sounds delicious. Uh, there's one in Vegas, and it <gasps> it is delicious actually. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. That's us. That's our names. We're here, both of us, two days in a row. This is the first time Michaela and I have worked two days in a row together in weeks. Listen to me. We're probably going to call in tomorrow, but it has been a solid two days. We're a whole vibe. 
We're a whole vibe. Yes. Uh, right now, though, it's time for our first What's Poppin' of the Day. Ticket prices are surging for one show in particular. This one hits close to home. Talk, talk to me. Okay, well, this is crazy. I have loved the movie Funny Girl since I saw it for the first time when I was like 25 years old. I've never heard of it. What is it? Not a thing at all. <laughs> Barbara Streisand was Iconic. an icon. The, the, the moment on the tugboat going across the... Uh, so. Listen to me. I Whoever reprises this role or revives it, they'll never be Barbara. Like, Barbara is so funny. However, it was given to Bernie Feldstein... And it was kind of... Did you just call her Bernie? Oh, Beanie. Sorry, Beanie. I was like, <laughs> Bernie Beanie. Sanders. Oh, God. Can you imagine? It was given to Beanie Feldstein at first. Now, everybody thought the role was going to go to Leah Michelle, basically because Hollywood set her up for it in Glee. She well, went Ryan on Murphy to be... Ryan Murphy bought the rights to the show years ago for her. For her. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of that drama went down around Leah Michelle after Naya Rivera died, and it felt like her career was kind of over. So Beanie Feldstein got the role, and it was doing okay on Broadway. Broadway, but then she got tested with COVID and her understudy came in. And when her understudy came in, the understudy blew the character out of the water. So good. And the ticket sales went up. I don't think so, Beanie's that fantastic. I don't think she's that interesting. So when Beanie came back from COVID, she also came back and said, I'm going to be leaving the show a month early. I've appreciated it so much. Then decided I'm leaving in July. So she's mm-hmm. done. Her understudy will be taking over from July to September, and then Leah Michelle will step in to revive the role as funny girl, Fanny Bryce. And I will say, the girls that I'm friends with, the Italian Jewish singers, are all vying for this role now. Everyone's trying to get a piece of this Broadway well, the show. Well, the, uh, the understudy, I think, is going to go back to being the understudy and perform yeah. it one day a week, I believe, they usually get to do. Yeah. Broadway's dark, like, Mondays, usually. Yeah. And then on Thursdays, sometimes they have somebody else fill in. Totally. But ticket sales have surged. It went from $450 to a whopping $2,400. Oh, no, no, no. Not just $450. $450 is the starting price now. They were $69 a ticket. $69 a ticket and now the starting price is $450 a ticket. You know, listen, I will say this. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about saying this, but I know that a lot of rumors came out about Leah Michelle. People yeah. were so mad at her. She was very, very, very quickly canceled. I will say I feel happy for her. So do I. She gets to go in and do this role. I mean, say what you will. She has set up her entire life for this role. I literally auditioned against her for Glee. I sang Don't Stop Believing" for my audition. I did really well. I obviously didn't book it. And so to watch her all these years later really kind of get herself back on that Broadway show, it's just such a full circle moment for her. She's funny girl. To she me, is funny like, girl. Uh, 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 of like anybody who's out there right now like popping in, like, in the industry, she's it. She's the one. When she when she did Don't Rain in My Parade on Glee, I was like, oh God. Like she's she's a young Barbara Streisand. She's got the nose, she's got the voice, like all of it. And she's also, which I appreciate, she's Jewish. She's Italian yes. Jewish. Yes. And the character is Jewish. Yep. And here's the thing. Leah Michelle might be problematic, but she is so Talented. oozing with talent out of every pore in her body. And you, this was her role. Do you know who else tried to make a make a move for this? Who? Luann. From Real Housewives of New York, Countess Luann, 57 years old, tried to get this Don't spot too. This to so <laughs> she wanted to be Fanny Bryce. Yes. 
<laughs> Shut up, AJ. <laughs> Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Uh, we're not the only people, apparently, who think that we need to start doing a little bit less in life. An author of an article that went viral uh, is joining us here in a little bit to talk about how the pandemic shifted the American dream and what we are okay with. You know, our generation is really the first generation to grow up post-World War II where we're not guaranteed a life better than our parents. No. It just does not exist anymore. The idea that I'm turning 42 tomorrow and I'm still renting an apartment in Los Angeles. Do you know what I mean? And, and the idea that you could just work really hard, just work really hard, many, many hours, and put in your time, and it'll all work out for you. It's just bull. Bull. And always has been. Capitalism does not work. Uh, so our, our entire generation is seeing the world very, very differently. Yeah. And it's where the term boomers comes from because we look at a lot of older people and they're like, oh, just work harder. I'm like, yeah, that worked for you. It's never worked for us. So how do we do something about that? How do we change the system? We're going to be talking to an author about exactly that coming up. So if you feel like you're just spinning your wheels and getting nowhere, it's not because you're lazy necessarily. No. At all. And I think we need to let go of that narrative. And we're going to try to do a little bit of that here in about 13 minutes on The Morning Beat. So stick around for that conversation. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat with Michaela Gordon. What do you got? All right, people, a university, uh, the University of Pennsylvania, has nominated transgender swimmer Leah Thomas for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Thomas shot to fame earlier this year when she became the first transgender NCAA champion in Division I history after winning the women's 500-yard freestyle in March, and she had hoped to compete for a place at the Olympics until swimming's world-governing body FINA voted last month to restrict the participation of transgender athletes in elite women's competitions. All right, in other news, some members of the neo-Nazi cult Patriot Front are finally facing charges for planning to storm an Idaho Pride event this June. Idaho police pulled over a U-Haul en route to a Pride in the Park event after an anonymous tipster witnessed the Patriot Front members loading up inside. The caravan of 31 uniformed men armed with riot gear and smoke grenades 
inside were all zip-tied, unmasked, and arrested for conspiracy to riot. Though the men were all originally charged and held on over just $3,000 bail, only six will now be facing the charges in court. All right, another news that Casa Ruby, the D.C. LGBTQ Community Services Center that provided transitional housing services for homeless LGBTQ youth and adults and support for LGBTQ immigrants, has shut down all of its programs after it lost most of its city funding. One of its few remaining employees told the Washington Blade, Tanya Cordova, a Casa Ruby official who has coordinated the group's LGBTQ immigrant services program, said a failure to pay the rent for Casa Ruby's offices and rental homes for its transition housing program made it impossible for the remaining staff of about 10 employees to continue any of the group's programs. The Casa Ruby shutdown this week took place nine months after Ruby Corrado, the group's founder and longtime executive director, resigned last October. She announced her resignation less than a week after the D.C. Department of Human services disclosed it would not renew an annual Casa Ruby grant of what was said to be $850,000 to operate a low barrier shelter for LGBTQ people. That's really sad. Yeah, getting that grant revoked just really kind of makes it all impossible, right? $850,000 a year. I mean, yeah. that's your entire operating budget for a staff of, you know, 10. Yeah, that's really sad. Mm. Awful. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 109 in Dallas, 92 in Boston, a high of 115 in La Quinta, 86 in Cleveland, 87 in Atlanta, 90 in Miami, 114 in Palm Springs, 87 in L.A., and 93 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. And that's the thing. And that's why we're bringing on an expert in about 10 minutes from right now, because I think sometimes we all think we're supposed to have it figured out all the time. We're just supposed to put our, our nose down and work, 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 work. My mom used to always tell me, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep going. Right. Well, sometimes it's not that that simple. Sometimes the best way to move forward is to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. To idle and to daydream. And to just imagine again and get creative and not be stuck in the hustle and bustle of it all. And and in a little bit, we've got an author joining us to talk about exactly that and how he thinks the pandemic has made that the new American way. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, coming up, did the pandemic tell us that America is actually a scam? Yeah. Scammers! We're talking. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, so one of the conversations we have a lot here on The Morning Beat is, like, what does it mean to be an American in 2022? Like, what has the pandemic changed, if anything? And I think we can all realize it's changed a lot. And the idea of working for the sake of working, sticking your nose down, you know, putting the nose to the grindstone and just working really hard so that someday you'll have the life you dream of, right? Yeah. For our parents and the, the generation before them, since World War II, really— Every generation has done better than the previous until ours, right? And there is one author in particular who's uh, who's been writing on this for quite a while. Ten years ago, wrote an essay called The Busy Trap, uh, and it went viral. And he's back. Uh, he's written another article. It's in the New York Times right now called It's Time to Stop Living the American Scam. Uh, please welcome to the program author Tim Kreider. Uh, Tim, thanks for being here. Hey, Tim. Sure. Hi. I'm shocked that you guys are up and interviewing people at 7.30 a.m. Tim, I'm sleepwalking, okay? (laughs) Like the rest of America in 2022. 
it seems out of step with the <laughs> idol spirit of the time. I know. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because we both I would say the month of June was pretty relaxed for us. I was getting married in Mexico. She was in my wedding. Uh, and then we had some other stuff going on. So we worked like four-day work weeks a few times. I pre-recorded some shows. She pre-recorded some shows. And it felt kind of nice. Like the time away felt really like it rejuvenated us a bit. Are Americans just overworked? Uh, compared to most people in the world, I think, yeah. You know, there's a... Uh, I get all my information about the world the same way everyone else does, which is from scrolling through memes. And I, I know there's one that says, like, in Europe, when you're on vacation, you know, your, your out-of-office message is like, uh, sorry, I'm gone until September 1st. Yeah. And in America, it's like, well, I'm having gallbladder surgery today, but you can still contact me on my cell phone. <laughs> So Wait, true. this is so real. And I will say just very personally, I used to work like a psychopath. And actually, last week I got really, really sick. I I had to call in. And I have like 4,000 days of sick days because I never take them. And I felt so much better like once I took the proper time to heal. But I am the American scam. I've worked my entire life. I've sang through bronchitis. Like there's nothing that I won't do, but I don't want to do it anymore. And I think that's how America feels. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure which generation you are or are speaking for. I'm, I'm Gen X. I and, grew up poor, and, okay, and then yeah. I decided I didn't want to be that anymore. <laughs> she's, she's 34 years old. I'm yeah. 42, so we're both kind of okay. in that era of like that generation that's like, okay, what's up with this? It's a whole the yeah. whole thing's a scam. Well, I have a really youthful voice I, though, so it's confusing for a lot of people. I'm I'm Gen X, and we were downwardly mobile, but we only got to find that out in a kind of slow sinking way over a couple of decades, but. If you're a millennial or younger, you know that starting out. Like, we're not going to do better than our parents. So, um, okay, so know, what's, right. what's Gen X nowadays? Because I feel like I've been part of this generation. I've been renamed like five times. I was born in 1980, and I keep hearing 1977 to 1983, we keep getting moved around. What actually is Gen X? Oh, I have no idea. All, all I know <laughs> is that's that's what they assigned me, and that's what I'm sticking with. Okay, well, I think uh, I used to be. I think I'm a zenial now. Well, I do want to go back to your point of us never doing better than our parents, because I don't know if I want to. In a lot of ways, I think it's very difficult. My parents at this age, my age, owned a home. They owned a car, mm -hmm. and they had children. At my age, I am scraping Bye. Okay, like rent well, we, is insane in Los Angeles, and to have a car and any kind of social life, it's really difficult. And I think that I am in no hurry to have children, even though maybe my reproductive system thinks differently, because who's going to afford them? Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of young people, owning a home seems like, well, space tourism. Yeah, maybe I'll do that someday. <laughs> If I win the lottery. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's but, you know, I mean, I think I think kids think that like Homer Simpson owning a house on one income is just sort of a cartoon thing, like talking animals. Oh, like that's not real. That's wild. Uh, they don't know that that used to be real. <sighs> that is like the... you could get a high school diploma, get a factory job, support a family. That's OK. I, when you put it that way, that's really actually pretty depressing because. I'm turning 42 years old tomorrow. I, I consider myself pretty successful. I still rent a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment in Los Angeles for three times the amount of, of, of a mortgage of anybody I know back home in Ohio. What do you think, like, is there a tipping point? You've been writing about this for over a decade now. Is there a tipping point? Have we reached it? What do you think society's sort of response will be in the coming years here in the United States? 
Uh, well, good question. I mean, I, I in my they they cut out most of my best lines from my essays always. Uh, and one <laughs> hate when that happens. One of them, one of them was sort of outlining the current business strategy of paying people less, eliminating benefits, uh, working people longer, and how this strategy historically always goes like gangbusters and makes all this money for the stockholders right up until the utterly unexpected indiscriminate bloodbath. Well, I don't really expect that here. People aren't starving. I think that the pandemic didn't change things so much as it gave people time to look up from their lives and notice things. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think it's an accident that that's when Black Lives Matter happened and everybody on the right went down delusional conspiracy rabbit holes. Yeah, that's actually a really, really astute observation, I think, because it's not that we haven't been aware of this. We just haven't had a chance to take a breath and look up and see what's actually going on. Well, and I think that yeah. we're in such an interesting place in the world right now because so many of us want to live in the pandemic mentality still where we're like, slow down. But then we're also living in a world that's like, no, speed it back up. It's time to go. And I think that that's where a yeah. lot of mental health issues are coming about, too, because people are like, wait, are we not are we not caring about? about taking time for ourselves. It's it's a very interesting message, even in the workplace, I feel. Yeah, like a lot of things in life, the, the quarantine and pandemic seemed pretty miserable while it was going on, but now it's over, you realize, there's things I actually miss about that. No, I, I miss it. We talk about this a lot, actually, and I will say this, and I know it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I think a lot of people can probably relate. 2020, that first half of the year especially, uh, was the scariest time of my entire life, but... On average, 2020 was my happiest year of my entire life. I, I, there was something about it. There was something about cooking dinner with my now husband, and and we got a dog. We spent a lot of time just like, just doing things together as a small family. I was with my actual my cousins and my small family, like my little pod. We went to the beach. Mm-hmm. We had backyard barbecues. We never spent that time. They work in real estate in Beverly Hills. They were ne- they never had any free time. And we never spent that time together until 2020, and I kind of miss it. Yeah, it it sort of ruins you for what what we used to call real life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim, so you're so good. Thank you so much, Tim. And I'm sorry well, that they cut out all you your say. good lines. If you ever want to try them out here on the morning beat, just let us know. Okay, just call in, well, throw us your best you. lines. And Tim, I do want to let our phone. listeners know if they like your perspective. Uh, you are a writer. Your recent essay collection, "I Wrote This Book Because I Love You," uh, is available where. Uh, well, on the prestigious internet, uh, you can, it's a Simon and Schuster book. You can uh, find it online. Uh, That's well, you can buy it new, or you can get it at abebooks.com, I suppose, I love if you're looking for it used. But you know, buying it new means a tiny percentage of that money comes to me. Amen. We love it. <laughs> well, thank and you so the, much. And the books are where all the cut lines end up. Perfect. Amen. Well, if you're not a writer like Tim, maybe you want an OnlyFans. But is OnlyFans just? We're baiting their fan base. We're going to have this conversation coming up next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We had a fantastic conversation with author uh, Tim Kreider just moments ago about the great American scam. Why are we all working so hard and what are we doing it for? Sick if you it. missed the conversation, head over to wearechannelq.com after the show today and it will go up as a podcast. Uh, you can also get all of our old uh, content there. Not old content. That sounds weird. I've got a birthday tomorrow. The word old is a little bit like it's it's touchy for me. Yeah, it's okay, honey. You're mm-hmm. not old. I'm I'm not mid forties yet. Even if you were, it'd still be hot. <sighs> That's right. Okay. How about this one? 
OnlyFans. I feel like we talk about OnlyFans every few weeks. It comes back into the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been pretty clear about, like, I if if my parents were not alive, I'd be all over it. Like, I'd be having sex on camera in a heartbeat. That's just okay. me. I would okay. if my parents weren't around and my now husband's parents were not around. They're, they're part of the equation as well. Um, but Queerty did an interesting article. Guys are calling out queer baiting OnlyFans creators saying that they're uh, the low effort cash flow and ego boost. So what do you think, what, what exactly do they mean by queer baiting? That OnlyFans is trying to entice queer content creators to come on and then not pay them what they're worth? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Queer baiting happens everywhere, and I think they lure you in. I think, though, queer baiting, what it means to me is, like, I'll use it, for example, like, which I hate, when, like, a really attractive woman is, like, come play with me. Oh, I see. So people are pretending to be one thing until they get right. to subscribe. And then you find out that, like, oh, they're they're not. Like, it's just, or you know what it is that happens a lot? I'll say in the girl world. Uh, there will be a profile photo of a really hot girl kissing another really hot girl. And they're, like, come check out my page. And then it's not at all Got that. it. So this article was basically saying that a lot of guys are like doing like what what people accuse Harry Styles of doing sometimes. Right. Is saying, "Hey, I'm kind of part of the community." Yeah, but like then, their like, profile photo is of them showing like their butt with yeah. a really provocative way, yeah. which would come off maybe more queer than it would straight. Sure. And then you get in there, and it's like you it's get gay in there. for pay. You get in the OnlyFans account, right? And or then, in, and or then, in there. but they're not doing anything. Then yeah. they're not. All of a sudden, they're no longer bisexual or gay. Or yeah, anything. and it's so annoying. That is really frustrating. It, it is interesting. I've noticed that on social media, I'm on TikTok a lot more now. You know, I went viral, so you like, are whatever. viral, baby. And it's interesting though because I watch a lot of these TikToks, and I'm like, all these young ripped guys seem a little bit bisexual to me. They all seem a little bit more gay than what I grew up with. And on one hand, that's cool. That's great. We're more open with our sexuality and fluidity, and that's fantastic. But then also, it's a little bit problematic because they're trying to get the fan base, and they understand that if you can uh, appeal to you know gay men, your money. You, it, yeah. wor- it worked for Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Barbara Streisand, Cher. Go back as well. I mean, we've always, like, you get the gays, you're in, right? And that does frustrate me just a little bit. Because then I post my content with my husband, and by and large, the support is really fantastic. But, like, we're actually just gay. Like, we really are in love with each other, and we're seeing these guys who have millions and millions and millions of followers who might suggest that they're one thing. But once you go to follow them, they're very much not. Yeah, I I don't like that either. And I feel like, um, not to be so controversial, but I think that people, particularly, like, just straight cis white people— are finding that, unfortunately, people are going for much more diverse casting. Mm. And so I feel like a lot more people are saying, oh, well, I'm you know, I'm bisexual, I'm, I'm pansexual. They sort of are now starting to try to open up their sexuality in order to, like, book. To make it seem like, which is why, why some trans people have issues with the word non-binary. They, they don't appreciate it. They're, and and I, I, kind of, I can hear it. I can hear non-binary feels like, when I hear non-binary, I think of Demi Lovato. I'm like, Demi, nothing's changed for you. Like, I understand you keep changing your pronouns all over the place, but, like, you're still Demi Lovato. Right. Right? And you still have the privilege of being Demi Lovato. Uh, it's a very complex conversation, but I think it's really fascinating. Uh, I think it's really fascinating, too. All right, coming up in What's Poppin', Jonathan Van Ness recalls an unremarkable kiss with a woman. Find out why in What's Poppin'. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Channel Q. Just close your eyes and go on a journey with me for just a moment, Michaela. Imagine you're in a romantic scenario and you lean forward for that first kiss and you open your eyes as your lips press against the lips across from you and realize there are no sparks and it's a man. Not really doing it for you. You? It's not me. Stop trying to make out with me. You said across from you, so I said Vanessa, and then you said a man. Oh, so it could be me. It is you. You secretly want me to French kiss you, you but I'm not going to. Do you want a French kiss? Have you ever French kissed like a a, a male friend just to see, like a gay guy? Absolutely not. Really? I have never French kissed a gay guy. You've had some wild friends over the years. I have never. You and TJ never? Never! You and Todrick, like never? Chester? Never! Okay, okay. I mean, they've seen me naked probably more than Lisa, but <laughs> I have never French. Not more than Lisa. Well, well, somebody uh, who we all know and love had a very similar situation. What's popping? Uh, okay, well, Jonathan Van Ness is talking about his first kiss, and he says, honey, listen to me. My first kiss with a girl was remarkable. 
It was incredible. Unremarkable is, I think, the word oh, he was using. Unremarkable. Or they were using. <laughs> unremarkable. The reason why is because he envisioned that it was Isaac Hansen. <laughs> Remember when the Hansen brothers yes. were a thing? Yes. And I think that's so funny because I have this, like, major joke that all women my age when we were younger were all major lesbians because if you look at who we liked like the Hanson brothers all looked like lesbians Jonathan Taylor Thomas looked like a lesbian, lesbian. Devin Sawa looked like a lesbian mm-hmm. like literally we were all just gay girls running around well, Backstreet I, Boys lesbos I listened to the Cranberries for a solid series of three to lesbian. four years I think I was probably a lesbian yeah listen that's what them. it is do you have to let it linger do you have to let it live? Oh, come on. Um, have you ever kissed somebody and imagined somebody else there? Yes. Okay, so I've 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 definitely had sex with partners and imagined somebody else. And I think everybody does. Everybody has. Everybody does at some point. And and my husband, he understands it's happened from time to time. I will say though that I went on a first date one time with probably the hottest guy up to that point that I'd ever met. He was scruffy. He was like, he looked like he might be a little bit Italian or a little bit Greek or something. He's like dark features, a little bit like, it was really hot. And we met each other in line at an Urban Outfitters. This is so many years ago. And then our paths crossed again. Well, we, our first date was like late at night because he was an actor and he was on set and he only had like a small window of time working. He's like filming every day. So we went on our first date and I was like, okay, cool. I kind of like this dude. Like he's kind of like, he's my vibe. Right. We go on a second date, and on the second date, I was like, eh, it's not really progressing. This feels weird, and he leans in to give me a kiss uh, as we're, he's, like, driving me to my car, gives me a kiss, and I was like, oh, wow, that's it. Never again. Never again. Like, beyond unremarkable. Like, the worst kiss I've ever had in my life, and he was hot, and that night, as soon as I get home, he starts texting me, telling me about how his head was spinning. There were fireworks. He's never experienced something like that before. And I was like, whoa, am I the same? What? What? We had the same, like, kiss, right? But we had very different experiences. So I wonder if the person JVN was kissing looks back and thinks, wow, that was the most amazing, amazing moment of my life. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it was for him as well. And and then JVN's like, I thought you were Isaac. I thought you were a dude. Yeah. Sorry, honey. (laughs) All right. Coming up, this is so cute. And I can confirm this is real. Do animals dream? We have a specialist joining us to talk about it, but I have my own opinions coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. You know, something wild's been happening the last couple of nights, and I think I might know why. I've been having intense dreams. Why? I I haven't had them for a while, but... I started working out again last week, and I'm really sore. Like, every part of my body hurts. Yes. Even when I roll over, I roll over a lot when I sleep. I switch sides, and I'm kind of all over the place. I like to hug pillows, wrap my legs around pillows. But every time I roll over, I'm, in so, I'm so sore that it wakes me up. Yeah. So I've taken melatonin the last couple of nights. When I take melatonin, my dreams are wild. Oh, I've heard that. People yeah. have very weird dreams on melatonin. Totally. I've texted, like, old friends today because, like, my buddy Ben, I haven't talked to him in years I was like, hey, man, you popped up in my dream last night. I hope you're good. <laughs> Just checking in. Oh, my, my gosh. My fifth grade elementary school teacher, she was in the dream. She was a lesbian in my dream, by the way, Hot. which is weird. And she was like my teacher at, did at, she ask about me? at a Catholic school. She's like 60, <laughs> but no, she care. did not ask about you. Um, 
But dreams are really, really fascinating. Yes. And on Tuesdays, we like to check in with uh, pet experts, right? We both have pets. We love our pets. Uh, and so we're going to be talking to an associate professor at San Francisco State University who talks about, uh, specializes actually in animals' minds. And they're going to answer the question, do animals dream? I know my dog does. He I know. Oh, makes, Rocco absolutely he does. Looks he like moves his little paws. Yeah, he goes, looks like he's chasing something. <laughs> And then I go, wake up with a beep because sometimes I'm scared it's a nightmare. Well, do we know that for a fact, or do we just or do we just think they do because we watch it? So we're going to talk to an expert here in a little bit. If you've ever been curious about this as well, join in on the conversation. And if you want wild dreams, take melatonin. Or you know what works, <laughs> you guys? And I never go to sleep, but I really think it's important that you know this. Um, I started taking sleepy time tea, but it's like extra sleepy time tea. Totally. With the little t- wow. the bear with the little like the nightgown no, and the hat. I love the <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I love about? the bear with the yeah. nightgown. It's a new one. It's called Dream okay. by like Tazos or whatever. Because those oh, yeah. the sleepy time tea does not work for me. Girl. It's like intense chamomile or something. I am I think. a sweep. Yeah. Good night. I yeah. love it. That's all. That's it. That's uh, the whole if thing. you guys are having a hard time sleeping. Sleepy uh, time tea. With or without the, the <laughs> with teddy without bear the, with the hat. With a nightgown. And the nightgown. <laughs> In a rocking chair. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Are you ready for some news on the beat? Yes. All right. 16 Democrats and one Republican senator have introduced the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill that would enshrine same-sex marriage rights into law. The bill could get a House vote as early as this week, but it's unclear if it will attract the 10 Republican votes needed to pass through the Senate. The bill was created in response to conservative Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas' stated wish to overturn overturn Obergefell v. Hodges, the 2015 court decision that legalized marriage equality nationwide. In other news, the University of Pennsylvania has nominated transgender swimmer Leah Thomas for the 2022 NCAA Women of the Year Award. Thomas shot to fame earlier this year when she became the first transgender NCAA champion in Division I history after winning the women's 500-yard freestyle in March, and she'd hoped to compete for a place at the Olympics until swimming's world-governing body, FINA, voted last month to restrict the participation of transgender athletes in elite women's competitions. In other news, in a news conference Monday, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach, alongside IOC member Nicole Hovertz, the Los Angeles Olympic Coordination Commission Chair, announced that the city will play host to the Summer Games in 2028. The Games will begin with a dual opening ceremony at the Coliseum in SoFi Stadium on July 14, 2028, and continue through July 30th. Wow, it'll go through your birthday. The Paralympics will follow starting on August 15th. There will be venues across Southern California for the various international sporting events and completions. They're going to have a dual opening ceremony. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, the Coliseum is iconic, and it's also where they had the Olympics, op- the opening and closing ceremonies back in, what was it, 84, I think? 84, 88, when the, the Olympics were here in L.A., uh, the last time we hosted them. And then SoFi Stadium is brand new. It's where uh, your, your boy plays. Harvey. Jordan Harvey. Jordan Harvey. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Isn't that SoFi Stadium? Uh, Bank of California. Is that what just, it is? Just kidding. That okay. might have been a different one. SoFi is the other one. It's all right. SoFi is the new, new one. Not a problem. It's where the, where the Rams play. Kim Caldwell play. still calls Jordan Harvey soccer games a show. So we're, she goes, we got to get ready for a show. I'm like, it's a game. I want to get invited before he's no longer playing. He's not playing anymore. He's he done? He retired last year. <laughs> How it's does okay. That, but I still see her go randomly, I feel like. Yeah, because they still support. Oh. Yeah, but he's done. He retired? He retired. How young is he? Not that young. 
Really? No, it's he's young, but soccer, you know, athletes. It's tough. Yeah, after a while, and he was he was older. Yeah. For being a teammate, but he he was great. Yeah, I retired when I was twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> was, you see the scar above my eyebrow? I do. That's from a tooth during a soccer tournament when I was like eleven. It's too much. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm too pretty for this. Not your fault, honey. Yeah, thanks. All right, 85 in Cleveland today, 79 in Buffalo, 90 in Miami, a high of 114 in Palm Springs, 87 in L.A., and 93 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. All you got to do is try. Just try. All right, also, you, all you got to do is dream because apparently our pets, when they're moving their little paws and giving little porky piggy snorts, they could be dreaming. Is it true? We'll Is see. Is it true? The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, so I took a chewable last night, like a gummy, uh, a melatonin gummy. Oh, I was like, is that a new word for edible? No, 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 like just a okay. gummy to help Great. me sleep, good. right? Very good. And I had some wild dreams, mm. okay? And every time I take melatonin, I don't do it often, I always have really wild dreams, very vivid ones. Okay. And then I text some people that I had dreams about because I feel like that's like a, it's something's trying to communicate with me. So I just want to reach out and make sure they're okay, right? Okay. Uh, and we're really fascinated with dreams here because you and I both have dogs. Obsessed. Who we're absolutely convinced dream. No, Rocco a thousand percent dreams and so does Bruno. Kingston, same thing, right? But are we just, is that just us putting our like belief systems onto an animal? Is it actually happening? Well, just so turns out we have an expert on the program right now who is the author of When Animals Dream, The Hidden World of Animal Consciousness, and the co-host of the popular podcast, Overthink. Please welcome to the program David M. Pena Guzman. Guzman. Uh, David, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, David. Sorry about my Spanish. It's terrible. Um, but let's talk about this a little bit, shall we? Uh, let's do it. And sorry for my English, which might be equally limited. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the M. I think if I said David Peña Guzman, it was it, like, the M threw me off a bit. Um, well, it was more than the M, but it's all good. <laughs> first of all, English is my first language, and I barely speak English. So, David, you're in good hands here, honey. Well, We've got very low expectations. Well, you're yeah, you're an associate professor at San Francisco State University, so I love that you're just dragging us for yeah, filth. Yeah, please do. Uh, yes, no, I'm just clocking people. Left I, and, right and that's here. what we need here at the Morning Beat, okay? We deserve this. Well, let's dig into this. This article, Do Animals Dream, that was uh, recently published in the Atlantic was really really fascinating stuff and uh, it talks about in this article talks about uh, an octopus that went viral because there's video of the octopus going through different sh like shapes and colors and it appears to be dreaming right and if an octopus can dream it makes me think that maybe our dogs are also dreaming maybe our pets are dreaming is there anything to that or are we just like making it all up and seeing what we want to see yeah, so that article that just came out in The Atlantic by Camille Bromley is a review of my book that just came out a couple of weeks ago yeah. from Princeton University Press. And um, I mean, I, here I'm a little biased about whether the claims in the article are true since it is a review of my own work. <laughs> um, but it, it is true that by now we have a lot of evidence that a lot of other animals, and of course we tend to focus on dogs and cats because we share our domestic lives with them, but even animals that have much more distanced existences to human society and human culture, uh, think about um, elephants, think about wild animals, think about insects maybe, that they too recreate the world when they fall asleep. And that world recreation is what we call a dream. And so in the book, I review a lot of scientific evidence to make a case for other animals having the capacity to dream 
And because I am a philosopher by training, I then ask a lot of philosophical questions about what that capacity means, what it tells us about animal consciousness, about animal memory, sensation, cognition, emotions, and even imagination. And so I think that we find in dreams a really powerful portal to the minds of other animals like your dogs. Oh. Well, you know, it's crazy because one time we talked to this specialist that was like, you know, dogs don't, they, they can't tell time. They can't tell when you've left and when you've come back. And I've always sort of negated that because when I come home, my dogs act like they have not seen me in so long. And it'll be like two days. Like they're very aware and they know. And when it's time to go to sleep, I my dogs will pedal their little paws like they're running through the greenest fields. They'll make little purring noises like they've just seen the bone of the century. So it would be crazy <laughs> for me to think, or, or they're seeing their mom in their dreams, me. And I'm beautiful. So I no, I just want to know, is that what they're seeing? Are they really having a dream? Yeah, so I think what you're pointing to is something that I talk about in the book, which is the worldview that we find in the sciences about other animals and how impoverished that worldview that worldview can be. And in the opening chapter of the book, I tell a story about the evolution of natural science from the 19th to the 20th century and how it is that in the 20th century, a lot of scientists came to adopt an almost skeptical attitude toward the inner lives of other animals. And that had to do with changes internal to psychology, um, <clears throat> as well as several other cultural developments. But in general, I think there is a lot of scientists out there, even today in 2022, who tend to shy away from questions of animal emotion and animal consciousness precisely because they fear, as AJ pointed out a few minutes ago, that if we say that that dog is feeling joy or fear or sadness, we are projecting an an exclusively human capacity or emotion or mental state onto a non-human creature. Mm. And I, I think one of the things that we have learned from recent developments in the animal sciences and the philosophy of animal minds is that, in fact, there are way more parallels between us and other animals than we tend to believe. And that, if anything, the risk that we're really facing today is not assuming that they are too similar to us, but rather assuming the opposite, just mm. assuming that, oh, well, we cannot speak and we cannot say anything about their emotions out of this fear of maybe anthropomorphizing them. Ugh. And in my book is about that. It's about that fear and why we should let it um, fall by the wayside. Well, I love that because it's interesting when you look historically, you know, uh, native cultures here in the United States or, or other tribal cultures around the world historically have revered animals in a, in a very high regard, much differently than we do now. And I think sometimes, listen, I'm not a vegetarian. And I think sometimes for for capitalism to succeed or mass consumerism to, to succeed, we have to like make a separation and think that like animals are less than so we can justify you know, slaughtering them and having them as a, as a ribeye, you know, and mm -hmm. as, as sad as that is, we now know, though, that animals do have emotions, they do have feelings, and, and, and they do have minds of their own. And so I think it's, it's like, how, how, do, how do you, how do you, gosh, how do you remedy the two? Like how, as somebody who's like, okay, I, I like, I'm a meat eater, but also like, I love animals. Like, how do you like, is that justifiable? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it is. And I think mm. a lot of people have to 
manage a state of cognitive dissonance yeah. around this question because they love animals, but at the same time, they establish a very arbitrary distinction between those we love and those we eat. And uh, again, we know that the animals we eat have as complex and rich inner emotional lives as those we love. And that, you know, I, I don't mean to be, um, I don't think that we should target particular individuals all the time for this cognitive dissonance. Just kidding, it's, it's a <laughs> well, I mean, it, to some extent, there is a question of personal responsibility, but it is also a cognitive dissonance that even those of us who are vegetarian at some point had to deal with. Uh, right. So very few people are vegetarian from birth, although now they exist. And in my case, it was when I began uh, switching my area of my area of specialization and research toward the animal sciences, toward animal ethics, toward animal rights, that I came to the realization that I had to make a shift in my personal life around nutrition. And uh, for me, that shift came precisely from learning about the cognitive lives of other animals, because there is a very close connection between uh, theories of animal consciousness and theories of animal ethics. Because of course, we want to protect those entities in the universe that have what we typically refer to as sentience or consciousness or feeling. And so the more we learn about how the minds of other animals work and the depths that are there in those other creatures, the more that we start having to force ourselves to ask that ethical question, which is, what am I entitled to do to those other animals mm. and what am I not? Wow. Well, David, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for confirming everything I've already believed for so long. We appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, make sure you grab the book, When Animals Dream, The Hidden World of Animal Consciousness. David and Peña Guzman, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, ciao. Ciao. That name just rolled off the tongue, Michaela. Adios, well amigo. done. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. How about this? What does it really mean to be, quote, out of the office for the day? I have no idea. Well, okay, so you were actually very out of the office last week. You Thank actually you. did something for the first time since I've known you, and it was since take, Lisa's known me, anybody's known taking me. time to heal. Uh, but here in the United States, I feel like oftentimes we say we're out of the office, but you can always access us through our phones, our cell phones. I will say our 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 job is pretty great at not bugging us on the weekends for the most part, not bugging us at night for the most part. Yeah. Unless our boss like really needs to get a hold of us for something pressing, he usually just waits till the next day. I'm the boss. Yeah, you're the boss. You're Vanessa's the boss, Vanessa. Um, but what does it like? What does it say about our culture that I think that people can't? They're afraid to take time off. They're afraid to use sick days they're afraid to be out of the office and be un unavailable well I and disconnect i think the most problematic thing we've done as a society and i think that we've actually done this in relationships in friendships in work environments mm. we make people feel like they're replaceable and it was always used as an intimidation tactic like well if you won't do it someone else will or like, you know, if you if you don't want to be here, you can go because we can get someone just like you. Yeah. Or that's even in relationships. Like, mm -hmm. well, if you don't like it, I'll find somebody else. Like, we treat each other with zero value. And so I think because of that, people are afraid to do things that they want or need to do because nobody wants to be replaced. And yeah. I think that, that I will very much speak for myself. I, for so many years 
didn't take time off because I was like, I'm going to take time off and I'm going to get replaced. And it was such a horrific fear. And I remember a time that I, it was my grandma's 90th birthday and I had a gig that night and I didn't take the gig off and go to her 90th birthday. Mm. And to this day, it is the one regret that I have yeah. for my grandma. She turned 90 one time. All of our family was there, and I didn't go because I didn't take the gig off because I was afraid I was going to get replaced. And I think that after that, it took me even still a couple years to really understand yeah. what that meant. Mm -hmm. And so now I, I feel like I, we just need to start being better to people and stop being like, oh, I'll replace you. Go, go take the time yeah. off. You'll come like, back safe. Thank God we work in an environment here where our boss, Brian, is really fantastic about, hey, guys, go recharge. It's okay. I'm not totally. going to bug you. And because I, I, I've never worked in that environment before. I've always been exactly like you, but I've been afraid. And you know that I took one day off. I had a national talk show on Fox. It was like my career God, pinnacle. I, I was so excited. I thought I'd finally made it. I was signed at the big agency. I got myself a new car. I was living my best life. I took one day off in two, two and a half years Awful. and and recommended that Ross Matthews come in and fill in for me because I thought he was super talented and I still really like him. And they gave him my job after one day just because they saw another option. They're like, oh, that's interesting. He could work on this show. And so so I, I, I think I've really been unpacking that for years. I like would be the too. trauma of it all being I like, be I guess I, I don't hold enough value where I can take a single day off. Without getting replaced. Yeah. So I think it's a really fascinating thing. I think the pandemic has really shifted a lot of perspectives on this, but uh, fascinating stuff. I totally agree. All right, coming up, this is why LGBTQ plus people who grew up in the 80s are defending stranger things after it was accused of queer baiting. We'll talk about it and what's popping. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Is stranger things guilty of queer baiting? There's a debate going on on the internet, Michaela, and you've got... Uh, an update, some thoughts, and what's popping. Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting, this story. So people that have been tuning into Stranger Things over the years uh, have gotten very invested in the characters, as you do with any show. Unfortunately, the rumors are now that they are being accused of queer baiting and they're saying it's just not true it's just not true uh will byers one of the characters sexuality has been subject to scrutiny throughout all four seasons of stranger things with it heavily implied throughout the netflix show that the teenager the teenager is gay yet hasn't had any kind of relations hasn't really come out and so people are saying okay you're just trying to queer bait us but i'm gonna let you speak on this because uh gay men Growing up in the '80s, are like, no, this is exactly how it was. Yeah, if you're if you're there in season four, and so so this conversation has shifted in season four a bit. I don't want to spoil anything, so if you if you have not watched yet, uh, there is there are some answers finally this season about Will's uh, sexuality. Will plays, uh, like you said, the character Will is the son of Winona Ryder's character uh, right. Joyce, right? And so a very central character to the entire storyline. But in the '80s, if you're talking about four seasons that take place over the course of what a couple of years in this like this fantasy world that is stranger things the, the show could go on for 10 or 15 seasons and he might not come out or address the sexuality because when i was that age in the 1980s or the 1990s i also was not coming out of the closet right i was a teenager right and and teenagers in that era did not come out yeah and so and also we're in an era now where i don't think we have to like label everything 
necessarily. And I don't think everything has to be like a big coming out story. Totally. This show, I believe, takes place in like Indiana, right? In the 80s. Yeah. Ain't nobody coming out of the closet back then. Yeah. I also like respect the time frame of the show. Not yes. everything is in 2022. And not everything has to be like a big political statement. And I think sometimes, I think a lot of gay men in particular from this era can really relate to this. Yeah. Sort of staying in the closet, hiding your feelings, unrequited love for like another male friend of yours that you're terrified to address, you know, and you misdirect that towards a female perhaps. And we all did it. So I, I, I love what they're doing with Stranger Things and that's, I don't think there's any queer baiting going on. Absolutely. All right, coming up in our final hour, what gets on your nerves? People reveal the bad manners that get on their nerves and I'll tell you what right now, you chew with that mouth open, it's over for you. Oh God. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, this is a really interesting conversation, and this started uh, actually in the UK and has traveled around the world. When a mother asked uh, in a group that she is a part of, a parenting forum, she said, what gets on your nerves? And people had some pet peeves, uh, but what, what might annoy one person might not annoy somebody else. I know for you, I get it. Uh, you hate when people chew with their mouth open. Listen to It's me. a big one for you. No, it's not, it's not a big one. It is a thousand percent a deal breaker. It is a deal breaker. If I can hear you chew or drink, just don't talk. To me. Just get out. Get out. I don't. I yeah. I hear oh that. My God, I it, hate it. It doesn't. I, I don't like when somebody chews with their mouth open. If I hear them chewing, like, what are you going to do? People eat. People have to eat. No, I don't care. So you just don't go out to eat with people. I don't. I hear them. Like I don't hear Lisa. I, she's mastered the art. I do not want to hear because the thing is people are like i chewed with my mouth closed no bitch you did it you're like mm-hmm. yeah but lisa's also low-key a ninja mm-hmm. she's kind of like always kind of quiet i that's why we do so well together because honestly i oh my god i used to have this best friend this bitch loved ketchup and she <laughs> would go to a fast food restaurant she anything she eats and she would put this ketchup on her fries. Is this your friend from Texas? Yes. I just knew it. I you can just tell knew it. I you love her. She's it. simple. She's conservative. You knew it. She loves she ketchup. Loves, she loves it. She'd suck the ketchup off her fingers. Okay, that's disgusting. And then she would eat the fries. And she would literally, it was like she couldn't even help it. She was like, mmm, mmm. And I was like, girl, shot up. Okay, well. That would bother me. Yeah, I hate Somebody it. Somebody eating, though, and, I, and me hearing them is not going to bother me. What does bother me, though, if we're going to stay in the – like, let's say we're in a restaurant. And if you don't make eye contact with the server and acknowledge them, yeah. that, to me, is my one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Whether you can be on an airplane, anywhere where you're in public and somebody's, like, of service to you. Yeah. And you don't look at them when you're requesting something or thank them or greet them face-to-face drives me crazy and i'll even piggyback off that just a bit further i was a server for many years that's how you and i met 15 years ago we worked at a restaurant together and one of my other pet peeves is bad parenting like parents who are just lazy especially when they take their kids out in public because i can't tell you how many times kids would be sitting at my table and just be like banging their silverware on the table or running around hiding under the table acting ridiculous and the parents act like nothing's going on like you're supposed to kind of babysit their kids And I also cannot stand when kids go to order after a certain age, after you're like, I don't know, five, six, seven years old, you better learn how to look at the server and say, hey, I'd like I'd like a cheeseburger and French fries, please. Like, that's just a basic thing that you teach kids. Me, a big pet peeve is when parents order everything for their kids and speak for their kids. They speak for them up until the Mm. age of their teenagers, even parents like, oh, they'll have this. I'm like, "Okay, 
I didn't ask you. I asked them. What would you like, young man? What would you? And I think that's something that like, I, makes me sound so old and curmudgeon-y right now. But like, I just you do because the fact that you called the little kitty young man. Yeah. Well, yes, because I th- <laughs> I think that that once kids get to a certain age, you have to treat them with a level of respect and teach them how to be a functioning adult. Because I feel like a lot of parents don't do that anymore. And you look at the society like what it is today. I God, I sound so old right now. But I just think that communication is so key. I hate when people don't communicate well, whether it's through eye contact, verbally, whatever. Uh, Vanessa, what bothers you? I hate it when, let's pretend I'm in, if I'm in a car with someone and that person picks up a phone call. Oh, that's and I'm rude. in there, or like I'm oh, in their house, annoying? and yes. people pick up that phone call. So I rude. prefer it. It no. keeps the conversation away from me. No. I don't want to talk to them. Call your friend. No. I hate it, too. I hate it because I'm like, I'm not here to listen to you talk on the phone. I don't like anybody talking I, on the phone in public spaces. I think it's so rude. I agree. Rude. It's somebody so takes a, rude. a FaceTime call oh, when you're I, out in public. I love it oh, because God, I'm so no. nosy. I like listen. No. Yeah, I love it. Actually. No, they're being so loud and obnoxious. Like, no one cares about your life. Yeah, or the plain lands and they make a phone call right away I i'm like get off the plane first that's so funny those things don't bother me at all probably because you do i them. had an issue <laughs> i don't i just don't talk to people but i want them to talk on the phone like leave me alone but when i was on the plane this weekend this was a really psycho story this baby literally would not stop crying. It was just, it was a 45 minute flight and the baby wouldn't stop crying and the plane started getting very agitated. Yeah. And they were like very mad. They were getting upset, tensions were getting weird. And when we finally got up, this guy kept looking back and finally this guy was like, dude, it's a baby, like calm down. What do you want her to do? It's a baby. And the guy was like, well, stop. And I got so mad because I was like, it's, a baby like you cannot control yeah. it's already embarrassing for the mother and father the baby may just be having like a little toothache or something and you have no idea what they're crazy. traveling for they could be going to they could be going to a family funeral and yeah. taking, like, you never know yeah so my pet peeve is when people have pet peeves <laughs> tell me something good all right i'll start off by telling you something good you know oftentimes Athletes and, you know, like sports commentators, black men get a bad rap for not being super supportive of our community, right? And I think that's slowly changing. I think that the way that Magic Johnson has has handled uh, their son's sort of coming out story, you know, EJ, I think has been beautiful. Absolutely. I think the way that D. Wade and Gabrielle Union uh, have handled their child's, you know, coming out as transgender, I think has been beautiful. And somebody else I'd like to add to that list, Charles Barkley. Uh, very, very controversial oftentimes as a commentator, but has very, very strong thoughts on our community and how we should be treated. I want to say this. If you're gay and transgender, I love you. That's him oh on stage. My 59-year-old former you know, NBA All-Star telling the crowd on stage uh, just recently that, listen, Mm-mm. This was in Lake Tahoe, too, which is, can be a pretty conservative place. And he was saying, listen, no way. Get out there. Support. Support everybody. Because because how Charles Barkley he goes on to describe that he sees it no differently than any other social issue, whether it comes to civil rights or female rights or whatever it is. He's like, we're all the same. And if we don't support every one of these, we can't support any of them. Right. And I think it's so cool. I love it. So a kind of an unexpected ally. You know, I did not know he, he you know, held such strong beliefs, but I love I it. I didn't either. I love it. Okay, I love this story. A Plan B vending machine is going viral as demand surges post 
row, students at a Boston University installed a vending machine on campus that offers low-cost morning-after pills, and it's just gone completely viral. Uh, the student said, we just wanted something that was low-cost and easy to access. You don't need to take a train across town. You don't need to call a doctor. It's right there, and you can get it as soon as you need it. Uh, it's already sold over a 1,000 emergency contraception pills. I've taken Plan B uh, a few times in my life. Um, and, you know, for all of the abortion talk, this is so not that. Um, you literally take it the day after, if not yes. hours after you've had intercourse. Yes. And I, I think it's really great. It's usually uh, 40 to $50, but it's much cheaper from this vending machine. And I love it. I, I think it's so important to have access for women. College students stepping up. Yeah, they really are. I, this we, generation is going to do a lot, I yes, think. Yes, and I think, this, I think this generation has gotten a bad rap for so long. Younger people in, in particular have gotten a bad rap for so long. Totally. But we're seeing what the, you know, the students uh, you know, from Parkland uh, – uh, the high school down in Florida that was, you know, uh, attacked years ago. And, and we're seeing, you know, students who are growing up now from Sandy Hook and their parents becoming activists. And, like, I think it's really, really cool to see these, like, young people stepping up and saying, hey, 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 hey. Enough is enough. It, 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 we can't live like this anymore. It's not acceptable. Yeah, I love it so much. All right, well, that's the end of our show. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. Uh, now we've got three hours of really great curated music just for you. And stick around, of course. But let's go there with Shira and Ryan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.